Welcome to Changeboard's Future Talent Podcast, our series of exclusive interviews with senior business leaders and thinkers to uncover their perspectives on the changing world of work. My name is Karen Filfalan, and I'm Changeboard's Deputy Editor. Before we start, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast or leave us a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, we'll be speaking with Candida Mottershead, HR Director for the UK and Ireland at Accenture. We'll be discussing why we still need to speak about diversity and true inclusion in the year 2019, how Accenture revamped its culture by empowering its employee voices, and what leaders can do to encourage their people to speak out. Canada, welcome to this Future Talent podcast. Um, I thought a good place to start would perhaps to be look at the role of diversity and inclusion at Accenture and some of the projects you're working on currently, so some of the aims you're looking towards um, gender diversity by 2020 and so on. Yep. So um, Accenture's recently declared its aim of being a gender balanced workforce by 2025. And we also are looking to be have 25% of our MDs being female by 2020. Um, and we actually declared the original ambition back in 2015. And since then, um, at a global level, we've increased our um, percentage of women from 37% to 42%. And we've also increased our managing director representation from 17% to 21%. So we're definitely moving in the right direction. Very proud of this vision. Um, it's something that our um, CHRO, Ellen Shook, has um, really, been, really been pushing, um, at both internally and externally too. And, and so take me through the process, you know, back when you, you, you started with this aim. How did it practically begin? What were the first steps that you began to take as an organisation to move towards this? Well, we've always focused on all of our talent talent life cycles. So we look at um, how we recruit people, how we develop people and progress people, and how we um, how we reta- retain them. So the key was to really look at each each point, each um, important point in that life cycle, and, and work through how we could make sure that we were. Any, any activities that we were doing would increase our, um, particularly our gender diversity mm. at that point in time. So the focus originally was very much around, um, around gender, but since then, you know, we, we've looked, at, we're looking at ethnicity, we look at social mobility, we look at sexual orientation, mental, mental health, and all areas of, um, of diversity. And that's sort of expanded as we've, as we've um, worked through over the years. And has that kind of focus come out of engagement with employees and talking to them about the things that are important them or is it just a natural kind of shifting of focus as you began to examine well I think it's about I mean our diversity we need to have a diverse workforce we need to have a workforce that represents and looks like the um the workforce and our of our clients and of the communities that we work in so that's really important from a diversity perspective but but also we needed to make sure that our culture um, was really inclusive and people could f- really feel a sense of sense of belonging. So it was important to us to, 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 to make sure that all the activities that we were doing just allowed us to be as, as inclusive an organisation as we possibly could be. And, and could you perhaps describe some of those activities or some of the things that have been put in place? Um, yeah, so w- I'll describe some of the more recent activities sure. that we've been doing. So from a recruitment perspective, for example, we've just introduced a new graduate recruitment um, process where all of our applications go through um, a contextualized um, software so that we can really look at um, from a social mobility perspective that we're we're spreading our net as far as as far as we can um, so we put that into place but then we've also put in um, an assessment um, approach that focuses on virtual um, reality and um, an AI um, and that allows us to be less biased in how we look at our okay. look at our candidates so again we're getting a, a, a 
a bigger pool in um, and a bigger, more diverse um, pool through the door. Um, we're seeing that that has really, really helped with our, um, with our graduate um, applications and also um, the offers that we're making as well there. Um, from a progression perspective, really focused on ethnicity, but particularly our African-Caribbean um, groups. Um, so what we've done there is we've, we've put in place what we call an Accelerate program, where we've done um, a lot of you know, face-to-face training, we've done big plenary sessions, we've done um, smaller um, learning sessions, we tend to run them twice a year, um, and then we have to make sure that we've got the mentors in place. Mm. Um, we have um, sponsorship on our exec, exec board, and that was, that was really important to make sure that at the highest levels that we were focused on that. Um, and we recently won an award um, in Best Company for Race 2018 around our progression um, and the approach that we've taken, taken to that. Um, and then if we look at things like retention, so again, here we're looking more at um, analytics and insights. So we've got a retention tool that helps us look at who has, who has left and who may be likely to leave based on a number mm -hmm. of algorithms that go into all of these sorts of technologies. Um, and then that helps us just understand if there are certain groups that may be, there may be something going on that, that means that they might be more impacted, in which case they may be more um, inclined to leave. So it means that we can then, um, we can then change things and, um, and put mitigating actions in to stop that happening. So we've done that from a retention um, perspective. And then I suppose that's all around our diversity and making sure we've got a diverse, um, diverse workforce. But then from an inclusion perspective, um, just looking at culture, because it's all, it's, all down, it's all down to culture there. The things that we've done and that you may have seen, um, we um, ran an amazing campaign about called Inclusion Starts With I. And actually, we've had about a million hits on wow. that now, um, where it was just a complete cross-section of our people um, that, we've, that we videoed, and they had various different reasons that they felt at some point that they'd been excluded. And I think that's important because it's not necessarily about race, gender, or whatever. It's just I think everybody at some point in their lives um, has felt like they're excluded. You know, I, I'm, I'm a single mum. Um, I, I live actually in Bristol and I work in, I work in London. Um, and I actually sometimes feel really uncomfortable when I take my kids to school and all the other mothers have got time to, to spend talking in the playground and I, and I walk in and I, and I don't feel included. And that's, that's me, that's not them. But I think everybody has had a point in their lives when they, when they feel excluded. So this campaign was about looking at everybody um, and, and things that made them feel uncomfortable and excluded. And I think it's gone down really well. Um, it's gone, it went down really well internally. It's gone down really well externally. And we've actually helped a number of our clients do something, do something similar. So that's an example of where we've um, really focused on, on our culture. I think it's amazing that was. And, and, and on that kind of um, eyes for inclusion, I mean, it must help to build, as you said, you know, a feedback loop within the organisation and it gives people a voice, which is, which is a huge part of the culture piece as well. Um, I mean, what sort of stories did you have coming out? Are there any that kind of stick in your mind? It's really you know, nice to, for you to share your own kind of personal story there as well. Um, yeah, so if I think about some of the stories that, that come out, I think, I think there are things about somebody being um, a, a working father, and sometimes you know the expectation is that it's the it's the mother that is going to look after the after the children, um, and I think sometimes it's difficult, particularly in big corporate organisations, to stand up and say I'm a dad and I want to I want to pick up my kids or I want to to drop them off. So um, I think that was just a you know that it's just a small thing, but that impacts a lot of our 
you know, mm. a lot of our people that, you know, we are quite open about that. And I hear about or other organisations that, you know, it's difficult for the dad to get to parents' evening or get to um, a concert at school. And I think it's very important that we're, we're allowing people to, to be able to do that. So that's that's one example. I, um, I think we had another example on that of um, two very senior um, um, females from an ethnic background who had been confused so then their names had been confused um and that made them feel a little bit uncomfortable but they they joined that video and did it video and did it together and, <laughs> and laughed about it so those are two examples of you know that we that we showed on that video uh, and then from from those kind of stories and, and the feedback you get uh, how does that influence you know change within the organization or, or or is it more about celebrating the dive you know the different the different stories in there and and kind of you know having a shared kind of culture and a, sh a shared platform to do that yeah i think it just allows people to feel you know people that's that, that may have felt just because of their cultural backgrounds that actually they feel uncomfortable about being themselves when they when they come to work mm. i think seeing videos like that where people maybe in a, a similar situation or actually in a situation they hadn't even thought about before that somebody felt uncomfortable for something for some other reason um i think that just gives people that again allows people to be who they are and and to talk about it and to talk about who they are and do you think, um, looking perhaps slightly beyond Accenture, just as a working culture in, in the UK, that um, diversity perhaps of, of, of opinion, you know, or, or, you know, diversity, not necessarily of, you know, of race or gender, has become a bigger kind of issue. You know, people want to kind of celebrate their, their originality and, and what they can bring to an organisation. Do you think there's been kind of almost a cultural shift in how we view these things in the workplace? Or has it always been there over I time? I definitely think there has been a, a a, cult, a cultural shift and I think you need big corporates like Accenture to be able to, to drive that mm. and I think some of the statements that we've come up with around um, around gender for example are really important um, and not just for not just for us but for more broadly for for the world and you know some of the things we talk about around gender is important for every female wherever mm. wherever she is so I think there definitely has been a shift and that's a brilliant shift and um, I hope we can we continue to move forward on that. But I do think people realise that having um, a diverse workforce um, just allows more creativity mm -hmm. um, because everybody's not thinking the same way. People have come from different backgrounds, they have different ways of thinking and they have different experiences. And, and what we can bring to our clients you know, particularly from an in, for an innovative organisation like Accenture, it's important that we have people that can think differently and be creative. That's how you know. That's how we help our clients. And, and do you start coming more into play with the clients? Are you, are you finding that they're wanting this more kind of playful, creative, di you know, different ideas? You know, they, they they they're looking for different things. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, that is the key. You know, technology is obviously mm. needs to keep moving, needs to keep moving forward, and and we need to be making sure that we're more innovative in our technology, but. I think our clients, you know, the, the, your question about um, is this broader than Accenture, our clients are really interested in what we're doing around inclusion and diversity. So we can, um, you know, we, they, we quite often find that they come to ask and ask us about what, you know, what they might do differently. So we can go and talk to them. So my um, human capital lead will quite often go out to clients and talk about what, um, what we're doing. But there's definitely, you know, a much broader, broader focus on that. And, and you obviously touched on kind of the work you're doing, particularly around um, gender and, and with women. Uh, could you perhaps explain a little bit more about what you're doing there and, and what Accenture is working on? 
on on gender, particularly on on, yeah, on on the female side. Oh, I, I suppose we've been doing that for such a long time now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we, so um, so we do a lot around things like STEM, girls yeah. in girls in STEM. Um, we obviously have our IWD um, uh, uh, event every mm. every year. Um, we do lots of networking events for women. We're very focused on making sure that we're recruiting a, um, a balance of male and female um, through the door, and you know, particularly at that grad at that graduate graduate level, um, uh, we're very focused on that whole leadership development because it's key for us that we have the role models at the top of the at the top of the house because mm. we need to see that progression for. For women through so for example our uki exec committee we're now 44 percent female um which is great but we we need that to just inspire um the females in the organization at more junior levels that you know there is opportunity and progression progression for them so i think that's very important i think it's um it, it's it's really showing practically that we're being successful in in what we're trying to achieve um, as much as anything helps people um, come on through. And, and again, just taking it slightly outside of Accenture, you know, that it seems, as you said, it seems strange that we're still almost talking about this is still, you know, yeah. such a such a big, a big topic that it, it's almost like, you know, progression has happened in certain ways, but then we're still waiting for that breakthrough right at the top. What, what is it about? And again, I appreciate, you know, Accenture's made a lot of progress on this, but, you know, perhaps UK business as, as a whole that, that hasn't been able to see this this kind of change. Yes, it is. I mean, it is a challenge, and I think it's time as well. Because mm. if you think we're, you know, we're bringing females through, uh, we bring grads in, um, and we're, you know, fifty-fifty at, at that level, and it's just making sure that we retain um, retain our females as they as they go up through the um, through the ranks. But I do think it is important to give to, and it's not just it's not just women, but any groups of people that need more support because mm. maybe this isn't as natural as it might have been for others um, over the years. Is to is to really coach them and, um, and and provide more development for them and more opportunities as they go up through the up through the levels. So it's really important. For, I mean, we've we've obviously been looking at our um, particularly our managing managing directors. Um, and we've just promoted this year 36% of our promoters managing directors in the UK are female um, and we need to make sure that it's not just that it's not just that shift up to a managing director but it's through those managing director ranks right up to the senior as well so that is why it's important that we have um, as you know we have a, a, a good balance on that exec committee as I say because you know looking at that that's that's where we're we're seeing it mm. and we've seen quite a lot of change over over recent years um, but it is a challenge and that's you know that's one of our you know we cracked it at the, at the bottom we need to make sure that we we get it right at get it right at the top and just you know stepping up perhaps for you personally i mean why why is this such a the diversity and inclusion agenda you know how did you come to to look at that why is that such a big kind of area of interest for you you know a kind of a passion of yours well, for me personally, I'm, I'm the HR director. It's people, and I really like people, and I am I am so passionate about the fact that it doesn't matter where people come from, who they are, they can be they can be successful, and everybody deserves a chance. Um, and everybody, you know, if they're if they've if they've got what it takes, then they should be allowed to to get there. And um, I just love talking to people from all different backgrounds, you know, within Accenture, outside Accenture, um, and just getting just getting that that 
even balance for people I think is is really important and you know you can see some people that come you know come through the organization or again externally people that I know that have um, you know, have done really well despite you know some some of the odds that they, they might be you know against and I think particularly around social mobility mm. we do a lot of work with um, with movement to work for example and we have an, an apprentice scheme but um, being able to offer opportunity to somebody that maybe in the past wouldn't have been offered that um, and then really excelling in that is just the best thing that you can um, that you can see. And from from my perspective, it's just it it it, um, it it makes me happier than many of the other things that many of the other things that I do. So I do think that is extremely important for for me. And and again, yeah, taking it perhaps wider into into HR. Um, you know, one of the things we talk about in the Change Board podcast is is the future of work. What do you think the future of work looks like for for Accenture? You know, where are things? What are the what are the big trends that are happening well, in the organisation? It's it? It, well, that's that's <laughs> the themes we're trying to cover. <laughs> um, okay, so I think obviously the technology is yeah. going to continue to be a big part of everybody's working and and personal lives. But I think um, I think with te- technology we can use machines for certain things. But I think over time it's going to be more and more important to have emotional intelligence and for people to really understand how people work so I think again technology we can drive we can drive certain things forward but we need to be human in that Um, so it's very important that we do have that diversity in our workforce um, so that we are human we understand what's happening in the world we understand what's happening with our clients so we can use the technology but we can do that in a really a really human way yeah and it's interesting you talked about the kind of unconscious bias and 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 the software that you use to kind of help there that's that's a practical example really isn't it of of using the technology for a human end you know rather than it it taking over i mean so many people seem scared that the technology is going to take over but there's plenty of scope for us to be able to use it to our own benefit exactly so from from kind of a a, an artificial intelligence point of view and 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 kind of the the technology that you use um is it is it kind of limited to the hr software and analytics and things like that is that something that you use within the organization yeah we do i mean we use we use it more we use it more and more obviously again with technology organizations mm. so we're, we're building this stuff we use it more and more in, in hr just to help us with insight i mean i think in the past we've had to use excel spreadsheets to try and work things through and the beauty of things like ai is that actually it can really analyze the data very quickly and pinpoint the issues that that we might have whereas in the past it would have taken us probably weeks to work through lines of data so i think that's very important that we have that data insight for hr and we can and we can then use that alongside our employee voice so Mm -hmm. through focus groups and understanding how our people are feeling to really work out what sort of where we need to focus our um, our efforts um, to make this an even better an even better place to work. Um, so I think that's that's very important. So I think data is very important. I think when it comes to the I and D agenda, I also think a key thing: HR is an enabler, um, but we're not. You know, it's the business that needs to be responsible. We need compassionate, responsible, responsible leaders to take us um, to take us forward. So you know we've got a we've got a CEO who is absolutely passionate about the whole IOD agenda. So it starts right at the top, um, and then you know we have our business leaders in the UK and, and Ireland who are you know also the the people that we need to to drive it forward. 
So there's definitely the data insight mm -hmm. and HR supporting that, but the key is that the business is owning it and, and driving it as well and passionate about mm. it. And, and you, again, you talked about kind of emotional intelligence there as well. Is, is that something that you think can be kind of taught or, or, or developed in people or is that just something that's always there innately surely i think emotional intelligence is hard because i think it's partly how somebody's somebody's made up so um and you know and, and, and you might say that we employ quite a lot of engineer you mm. know people from engineering backgrounds and does that you know does that equate with emotional intelligence it doesn't it doesn't it's all about individuals and and how they are so i think i think it's hard if somebody doesn't have some level of emotional intelligence but i do think some of the initiatives that we do and how we help people realize that emotional intelligence is important, I think it just helps people think a bit more about it. So mm. they might not naturally be have a lot of emotional intelligence, but just even just getting them to think a bit more about it, to be able to think about getting to know the people that they work with, the people that work for them, to have those meaningful conversations mm. with them, to get to know them. I think it just it just gets people thinking in a in a different different way, and that and that is really important. And then, you know, a question we always kind of ask, um, you know, about our interviews, what would your, what would your advice be for, for the HR community, particularly around perhaps, um, well, perhaps around the diversity and inclusion agenda and around inclu inclusion within organisations in particular? So, as I say, I think you need the business to be owning it and you need to have some really good business sponsors that can really talk the talk. Um, I think that that is you know that is the key to it you know HR can try and all these things out but if we haven't got the rest of the organization coming coming with us I think particularly here where it's very much like a culture mm -hmm. a culture shift I think that's that's really important that you need those those business leaders there and driving it um, I also think that it does need to be although I don't want to say it's programmatic because it's all about human beings and but you do need I think particularly at the start you need quite a lot of programmatic um, activity around it to make sure that we're doing the right things you need the metrics to make sure that you're moving in the in the right direction you need data insight to help you understand where things aren't working out quite as well as that or are working really well and we need to do more of um, so I think I think you can't get away from it really being quite focused and organized um, so that you can shift the dial more dramatically than if you didn't have that um, program um, approach to it. So as, as part of kind of the inclusion agenda, I know um, Accenture does a lot of work around mental health and, and within the organization. Can you perhaps explain a little bit about what you do there? Yeah, so this is, this is a great initiative that we've um, had a lot of accolade for both internally and externally. Um, but we have mental health allies. We've got about 1,700 um, trained mental health allies in the UK now. Um, and basically, we put people through a, a, a sort of half-day course. And obviously, we don't expect people to be um, to, to be experts in mental health. But it's just I think there's two things. One, it just um, helps people understand the people that go on the course understand the different aspects of of mental health. Helps them look at understand if there are people that they think might be having an issue and can maybe step in and intervene but i think one of the biggest things is it's, it's helping people um appreciate that they can talk about mental health in the workplace and i think that's one of the biggest probably the biggest thing that we that we get out of it that it's it's acceptable to talk about 
mental health, mm. where it used to be one of those very taboo subjects that people didn't want to didn't want to talk about. So um, having such a high profile mental health ally program is just allowing people to talk about mental health, whether it's as an individual, whether it's as line manager or one of our career counsellors being able to talk to an individual about the primary benefit that we're getting out of that mental health programme. And, and in terms of uptake, have you seen, you know, people desperate to, to, to kind of work, you know, to come on, come on board and, and work on the, on the programme or? Um, yeah, so we've got 1,700 um, mental health allies. Um, we all wear lanyards. Um, and um, if you've been on the mental health um, training, then you can your lanyard then is it's usually part LGBT and then part mental um, mental health ally, and that just allows people to see that you've um, that you've been on the on the training. And I know that those lanyards are quite popular. I know that before I went on my training, I was quite keen to have one of those those lanyards. But there are a lot of people that that are coming forward, and and actually the more we talk about it. Um, then um, the more people are, are wanting to come along and, and be trained. People are interested. People want to know, want to help, and people are interested for themselves as well. And do you think it's facilitated different conversations within the organisation around mental health? Oh, absolutely, definitely. I think um, I think people are more open to talking about line managers and career counsellors if they're suffering. I mean, again, I've got an example of, of one of my team who talked to me about um, the depression that they suffer from, and I wasn't aware of that before. And it made it was such a massive difference to me that I realised then some of the behaviours that I thought were a little bit odd or I found a bit difficult to deal with. I suddenly realised where they were coming from, and from from that point onwards, it was so much easier for me to know what I could ask for and what might be difficult. And and it just made my as a as a line manager, it just made my life easier once we'd had that very open discussion. And surely, obviously, for the, you know the, the your, your colleague as well, you know it. it it opens up a whole new range of conversations and understanding and, yes. and ways of working in the yes, organization exactly. and that is the you know the diversity of thought i guess as well yeah there. yeah definitely um candida thank you very much for speaking on this change board future talent podcast thank you very much thank you for listening to this podcast change board sixth future talent conference will be taking place on the 21st of march in london at the royal geographical society join 750 of your peers for a stimulating day of thought leadership on the theme of technology and humanity Visit our conference website, www.ftconf2019.com, that's ftconf2019.com, to get your discounted early bird ticket now. We look forward to bringing you another Future Talent podcast very soon.